If we're all descendants of Adam and Eve, then how many races of people biologically are there? Only one. There can't be any races. Evolution is not the cause of racism. Sin is the cause of racism. But when you're taught an idea that there are lower races and higher races and primitive races and you think you might be one of the advanced races, you can see how it could actually fuel a type of racism and prejudice if you think that you're in a higher race than somebody else. You know, in 1924, there was a New York newspaper then called the New York Tribune published an article that the missing links were found in Australia talking about the Australian Aborigines. Did you know that uh, we were taught that the Australian Aborigines were closer to the apes than Caucasians. And because of that, there were scientists from England, Germany who sent people to Australia to actually hunt down the Aboriginals. They paid property owners to hunt them over cliffs or hunt them into swamps and kill them and skin them and boil up their skulls as specimens for museums around the world, all in the name of evolution. It's been estimated something like five to 10,000 Aboriginal graves were desecrated in the name of evolution the effect of evolution on people's thinking. In America, for the World's Fair, I think it was back in 1904 in St. Louis, there was uh, an explorer who brought a pig pygmy over from South Africa called Otto Benger, and then he went back to South Africa. And it's a long, sad story. His, his wife and children were killed and so on. I think that had something to do with the slave traders. But, but eventually, the explorer brought him back to America, and he'd done a deal with the director of the Bronx Zoo. And because they believed in evolution, they convinced Otto Benga to go into a cage with an orangutan so that people could come and see the pygmy in the zoo and see the supposed relationship between the pygmy and the orangutan. There was a book written on it called The Pygmy in the Zoo. American families lined up in long lines to go and see the pygmy in the zoo. It became the most popular exhibit at the zoo. Sad part of, of American history. And then there was a, a book called The History of Creation written by a man called Ernst Haeckel. Many of you probably heard of Ernst Haeckel. He's a man that popularized the idea of embryonic recapitulation, ontogeny recapitulates phylogeny. Do you remember that? Well, how many of you remember it this way? When an embryo develops in its mother's womb, it goes through a uh, fish stays with gill slits till it becomes human. Put your hands up if you were taught that. Yeah, remember that? Yeah, it was in our textbooks and we had the diagrams and so on. Actually, the guy was a fraud. He doctored his diagrams. He wanted people to believe in evolution. When you look at the actual diagrams of different embryos, they're, they're very different. But he had a book called The History of Creation, which was even studied in colleges around the world, even in America. I want to read you some of the statements that college students were reading. At the lower stage of human mental development of the Australian Aborigines, some of the tribes of Polynesians, Bushmen, Hottentot, some of the Negro tribes, uh, a great English traveler who lived in Africa says, I consider the Negro to be lower species of man and cannot make up my mind to look upon him as a man and a brother for the gorilla would have to be admitted into the family. Uh, the missionary Morlang who tried for many years without the slightest success to civilize the ape-like Negro tribes says any mission of such savages is useless. Uh, they stand far below unreasoning animals. What do you think that was doing to generations of college students? I mean, this is shocking. But all based on Darwinian evolution. You know, back in 1925, there was a very famous trial in America called the Scopes Trial in Dayton, Tennessee. The very textbook that John Scopes supposedly taught from, but the textbook that was used in the schools at that time to teach biology and was used in a number of states, a textbook by a man called Hunter. Do you know what generations of children in the public schools in America were already being taught as fact in 1925? Let me read it to you. 
the races of man, at the present time there exist upon earth five races, and then the highest type of all, the Caucasians, represented by the civilized white inhabitants of Europe and America. Generations of kids in the public schools in America back in 1925 were being taught from one of the main biology textbooks used in the public schools that the Caucasians were the highest race. People, no wonder we've got a problem in our nation. No wonder there's a problem even in our churches. Problem of prejudice and racism. One of the things that I like to challenge people with is we need to get rid of the term races. See, at the time of Thomas Jefferson, when we talked about races, you would, you would be really talking about the English race, the Irish race. You're talking about different people groups. But you know what? Because of the influence of Darwinian evolution, it's really changed the, the, the definition of the word races. And for a lot of people today, because of the influence of evolution, we tend to think of primitive races, advanced races, lower races, higher races, you know, Darwin's ideas and so on. We, we, we've, to, to help us get rid of that, I suggest don't use the term races. Let's use terms like people groups. So that we're, we're making a stand and, and we're really making a point. We're not going to use races. We're talking about people groups, make it so different so that then when people ask us, what do you mean? Well, there's only one race anyway. Just different people groups within one race. You know the sad thing? The sad thing is the world, the secular world is leading the way in making those sorts of statements and the church is not. For instance, there's a number of quotes from secular sources, like this one. More and more scientists find that the differences are set us apart are cultural, not racial. Some even say the word race should be abandoned because it's meaningless. Why is it that the secular world is now saying these things? Because you know what's happening? As they study genetics and, and become very much more aware of things from a real observational scientific perspective, they're realizing there's only one race. The major differences are cultural. They're not racial. The differences are cultural. But what's happened is because much of the church has adopted the Greek ideas has, of the day, has adopted evolutionary ideas, let the secular world influence them. And so many people in the church talk about races and there's a lot of racism and prejudice even in the church in America. Then when the secular world changes its mind and says something else, then the church is left in the dust. Had God's people stood on God's word and not accommodated to the world's teaching, they would be leading the way and they should be leading the way. We should be out there as a church saying, there's only one race, we're all equal before God, we all go back to Adam and Eve, different people groups, yes, because of the Tower of Babel, but we all need the same solution, Jesus Christ, and every one of us needs to judge our attitudes, beliefs, and so on against the absolute authority of the Word of God. The church should be leading the way in dealing with the racism issues of the world.